The following recordings detail the activities of a government agency that officially does not exist. Since 1928, they have protected humanity from the forces of darkness, with honor, but without glory. Declassified recently, these files have become known as the Danger Files. The Danger Files. My name is Dan Thompson, and I will be your handler for this mission. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our new Patreon show. This hey. was hey. this was a little bit of a surprise. wasn't wasn't expecting this to um, to come out quite so. It is. And I've said a bit in the intro, explained it, but um, basically, Scott got a very good new job, and uh, he's not leaving the show, but he's not able to keep running Danger Games in, uh, in on the schedule that it was. So we've decided to park Danger Games for the moment and bring in our brand new show which is this, which is what you're listening to at the moment. It's The Danger Files. It is a tale of mystery, a tale of conspiracy, a tale of the things to which we do not speak in the world. That was getting very wordy, wasn't it? Let me introduce you to our cast. Let me introduce you to the people who are going to be going on this mission. First of all, the incomparable voice of Ross Harmston. Ross, how you doing, buddy? Diddly, 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 diddly. That's the X-Files theme tune. There you go. It is, yes, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Yes, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to play this game. We also have the sultry voice of Mr. James Lockhart. James? Yeah, I've been better. I've been better. But, you know, I've been struck down by an alien virus just just in time for the mission. So, yeah. You sound sexy, man. This is going to be a sexy game. <laughs> really, yeah. It was like all the way back ago when Dan recorded previously on the Danger Club podcast when he was, like, ill. Yeah. So it made it sound like he was, like, really yeah, deep voice. So maybe you need to record some of those uh, previously on the Danger Files. Ah, yeah. <laughs> previously on the Danger in. Files. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we got around having to hire additional actors back in the day. We'd just wait till one of us was sick enough to have a voice that sounded different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but that's not our entire cast. We have a third cast member today. Please, everyone, welcome to the show, Mr. Jeremiah O'Connor. Jerry, how's it going? Good. It's going good. Everything is fine. It's slightly warm in my room, but I'm good. I'm, I'm very happy to be joining you in, in whatever this is going to be. It's quite exciting to be <laughs> yeah. some sort of American pilot. I, I'm yeah. I'm very excited to be to to have you on the show at last, Jerry. So, Jerry, we we game together back in the very early days of of all of us. Um, like this this whole thing, this whole experience of us playing games together, started well over like nearly fifteen years ago. Is it that? It's, it's, it's I think so. Ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, somewhere like something that. like yeah. that. After a job in London. We were like after an acting gig. We were like, "What should we do after the after today?" And I was like, oh, "I've still got some D and D books." And a few of us went over to a pub and we played D and D. We played uh, the three point five adventure Bad Light, which we just played on the main show um, with Stu Jackson. And in that original party uh, was was you, Jerry, um, you Drum and Scott, the uh, the original people who were, who were in that game, and then other people who have never come back to the show. Yeah, the, the original <laughs> Danger Club. Yeah. The original yeah. Danger Club, back when we were kind of just using it as a word to ironically refer to the nerdy <laughs> thing that we did after work to make it sound cool. Oh, it's good to have you here. Jerry, tell us a bit about yourself. What do you what do? You do? Um, well, I'm an actor. I used to be an archaeologist. I have a degree in history and archaeology. So I do a lot of, like most actors, I do a lot of random things that aren't acting more than I do acting. I, I roast beef <laughs> in Hampton Court Palace. I have uh, at one time had to stitch a turkey to a, a pig to another part of a turkey to another part of a pig to another part of a turkey to another part of a pig, of a pig uh, with a pig's 
with a turkey's head and, and neck coming out of the pig's ass. <laughs> Is, uh, which is was top. Is that what archaeologists do now? No archaeologists, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just actors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. actors archaeologists yeah. would never do something so terrible. No. <laughs> Only actors would do the stupidest things asked of them without any questions, just just a growing um, sense of dread and uh, all the color <laughs> gradually draining out of one's face. Um, and I work in the Crystal Maze experience, uh, shouting at people about how bad they are at things and trying to make them not be sad because everybody turns out in the end is quite thick. And oh. they, don't, they can't accept the fact that they're thick. And it's quite difficult to make them still be happy when they're realizing they're thick in real time. Um, oh, my God. We did that Crystal Maze experience when it first opened. Um, yeah. And we were, we were so bad at it. We were medium, medium <laughs> thick. We were low to medium yeah. thick, I think. I, yeah. did, I did all of my games. I did, did you? I did, <laughs> but they were more like put the box, put the thing in the box yeah. kind of things. Not like not the puzzles or the mysteries. It was just like there you go. My best yeah, yeah. memory of that 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 day is watching Dan in the. Uh, I think it was there was in like the barrel, rolly, in the barrel, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the barrel, rolling backwards and forwards in this <laughs> <No>. barrel. <laughs> that was so funny. He looks so concerned and <laughs> and just upset about how life. <laughs> put him in this barrel it's <laughs> yeah. just going round and round so. I mean that's life really I mean that yeah. was yeah. Dan's yeah. entire life in one go I think Dan in a barrel I've, yeah how did life put me here I've never looked more like one of the Muppets haven't I than when I was tumbling around in that yeah. <laughs> limbs and panicked expression oh my gosh one of my tasks was like one of those slidey puzzles where you have to move the tiles around to kind of make an image and i walked in and immediately our guide was like yeah this one's actually really hard i don't think anyone can do it we're probably just going to take it out so <laughs> I, I mean have a go <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it was incredibly <laughs> complex there was so many pieces to it, it just like what are you supposed to do this in two and a half minutes it was like mm. yeah they're probably gonna never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, cool. But let us not reminisce too much about old times. Let us reminisce about the future, uh, which is in fact the past, as I'm going to explain that. Uh, what are we playing today? Well, let me tell you, we're doing something that I've wanted to do on the show for a very long time. We are playing a game called Delta Green. Ooh. Ooh. Has it got the X-Files soundtrack? Uh, no, we we still can't license that. It has, because Ross is here. Yeah, Ross, Ross will be... <laughs> until it gets... Ta- so if this doesn't... If this gets taken down, then then you'll know why. It was aliens. It yeah. was the... Yeah, yeah the, was aliens, the aliens. Aliens sent us a cease and desist order. Because yeah. they wrote that song. So Delta Green is a game by Arc Dream Publishing. It's a game about federal agents or a mysterious agency investigating the unnatural the forces that lie beyond reality the things that threaten us uh, and that the public must not know about very similar to call of cthulhu if you've ever played that it has a lot of similarities certainly in mechanics and in theme but it's much more delta green is a lot more kind of X-Files-y kind of conspiracy show, men in suits trying to cover things up, that kind of thing. Crucially, it is not a show about, I don't want to say succeeding, but it is not a show about thriving. This is a show about terrible things happening to your characters uh, and about how they process that and how they get through that. That's not to say the game is completely impossible and you're definitely all going to die, but this isn't a game like D&D or Pathfinder where you solve it by drawing a, a weapon and running in and fighting the thing. If that happens things go badly you are going to have to protect your agent's body uh, your hit points are you have hit points like in, a, in another game but uh, injury is much more real in delta green delta green takes place in the real world or a fictional version of the real world and uh, injuries are very similar if you get shot in delta green there's a good chance you're gonna die if you get stabbed and you can't get hospital treatment well there's a good chance that you might be seriously injured for some time But likewise, you also are going to have to protect the mental well-being of your character. Your characters will have a sanity score. Um, They're going to have willpower. They're going to have stats that reflect their ability to just carry on and just be okay. And as you encounter things that are unusual, that will start to affect it um, as well. So there's a lot going on in this game. How are you feeling about the idea of of facing something quite so... so very, very different to what we've played. Easy, yeah. It's going to be like Weeby Goblins, where you just, you know, you die and then just someone else wanders into the shot and then you just yeah. play that character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Death, 
Death should be embraced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Realistic death. We played um we played RuneQuest, I think it was, for I my birthday. <laughs> and uh in the first like I think it was the first like half an hour, Jerry was dismembered and like got his arms cut off or something because they have like I think he limb lost his damage. legs. Yeah, yeah, lost yeah. his legs. And <laughs> then but you survived, I think. I think you I did. I lasted around. quite a long time considering yeah. I didn't have any limbs. Yeah. You did. And I, I remember you being Everyone else was dying continually, but yeah. like, I was just limping on. Like with the with the rules were <laughs> horrified. It's like what so I've just I've got no leg now. So like, no, yeah. apparently you've lost your leg. So yeah. like, what? Yeah. But it was it was really arbitrary as well. It's just sort of like, <laughs> oh, you roll on an injury table. Yeah, you've lost a leg. Like, yeah. what? How the fuck from from fighting a goat? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, take your leg off, mate. Because this was RuneQuest like first edition or something. This is like the original when when D and D had first come out, and a bunch of companies were like, oh, that's making some money. Let's try and make our own version of it. And it's so like I remember the character gen was was incredibly unfair. <laughs> <laughs> you just roll you roll your background to begin with and we were and, and everyone around the table rolled noble and was like okay so you get really good stats um you start here's all of your weapons and things you start with and all of your money and then jerry you rolled peasant <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's generally i mean you're going to see that i have terrible luck when it comes to rolling and anything um if there's ever a game where uh somebody can be just can be guessed to be a traitor or uh, some sort of person. I will always be the person who is guessed to be the traitor, and I am never the traitor. But for some true, reason, yeah. there's something about me that everybody always thinks I am the person to pick, to lose, or to roll the worst, or to do anything. Yeah, I've never won a lucky toss in my life, which will continue, I imagine. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yes. It'll it'll definitely continue Ones all the way. Yeah. Should we make some characters? What we're going to do, Dangerlings, the plan for this episode is we're going to we're going to set out the world, a bit like we did with Danger Things. We're going to set out the world. We're going to make our characters here live on air, and then we're going to do a little bit of an intro, uh, get to know these characters a tiny bit, start our story off, and from episode two, we're going to get into the real meat of the story. Let me explain the setting in which we are. The year is 1998. And we are on an Air Force base called Platt Air Force Base, Platt AFB, in the great state of Nebraska, near the small town, I say near, near-ish to the small town of Marion, Nebraska. I googled Marion, I had a little look on Google Maps for it, and it is about as in the center of the United States as you can get. <laughs> if you like, if you threw a dart right at the center of the America, you would hit Nebraska. I did a little Google of like images of Nebraska to see what the, uh, what the scenery is like there. And it is a lot of pictures of corn, a lot of pictures of fields, occasionally pictures of men in 10 gallon hats angrily running for office um, and <laughs> shouting on podiums. Uh, I found a picture of um, applications for the corn board of Nebraska. They like corn there. Who they doesn't corn like corn, you know? <laughs> it's, or maybe it's they a... don't and they get punished. Yeah. Because you get sent to Nebraska to grow corn when you hate corn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get sent to Nebraska to get punished in the Air Force as well because Platt AFB is not Top Gun Academy. Platt is the place where careers go to die. It is one step away from a court-martial. It is the last stop before a dishonorable discharge. People who get sent to Platt get sent there because they have upset somebody important or they have made some mistakes or the Air Force just can't figure out what else to do with you. Platt is a facility for uh, dismantling planes, for dismantling aircraft. Aircraft will come in now and then, a technical crew will come in from outside of the base. They'll help strip it down. They take the fuel away. It gets taken up to the boneyard. It gets wrapped up, sealed up against the elements, and then left there. Then the crew go away again, leaving the 12 permanent members of staff on Platt Air Force Base to just while away the days trying to uh, amuse themselves and trying not to get in any more trouble than they already are. The one saving grace at Platt Air Force Base is the weekly poker night. The poker night that takes place on a Saturday night in the NCO office. And that is the day where we're going to join our, uh, our crew of reprobates trying to uh, make their way through. And we're going to find out maybe if something strange might be happening on the poker night 
on Platt Air Force Base. So that gives you an idea of the kind of characters that we're going to be making here. Uh, they, we're not going to be making, we're not making Tom Cruise here. <laughs> we're making people <laughs> yeah. who have made some mistakes uh, to end up on this Air Force Base. Let's start with the broad concept, shall we? Uh, Ross, have you got an idea of a kind of, of, a kind of character that you, you want to have a go at? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, I do. Um, I've got a sort of name and, like, sort of the background. It's just more the, it's more the, like, finer things and the skill, like, all that st sort of skills and things like that and the stats. Um, my name is Norman Tully, and I am using, like, I'm an air traffic controller. Uh, mm -hmm. I used to be an air traffic controller until something happened. There was a disaster in which I was blamed for, I think is my fault, but actually I was I was used as a scapegoat by the government so that it would save someone's job. Ooh. So I've been now moved to Platte Base. And I've got some other little character things. I mean, I don't know if I, I'm 29. Nice. So basically, in terms of look and stuff, I mean, I'll do that in the episode probably when we start playing, but... It, it's basically Rick Moranis, okay? Nice. Think Rick Moranis, black glasses. He's a bit of a dweeb. Yeah. Okay. Bit of a dweeb. I tell you what, let's, while we move on, do you want to start rolling your, so we're going to roll some stats will be yeah. the first thing we'll do. So you got, you got six stats in this game. You've got strength, constitution, dexterity, intelligence, power, and charisma. Power is basically the same as wisdom in, um, in a d20 game it's your it's your ability to stay focused um, it's going to affect your how good you can keep running um, mm -hmm. to roll your stats you roll 4d6 you drop the lowest and then you add up the other three and that will give you a score you do that six times and then you assign those among your uh, among your stats so uh, i tell you what, what, what did you what, say again so it's 4d6 4d6 yeah. drop the lowest add up the rest okay we could do point uh, by, but I think it's funny to do those. Six for my first one. Your first one is a six. <laughs> yeah, because I got two. I got a one and a one, and a three and a three. <laughs> take the lowest away, did you say? You take away the single lowest die. So oh, you take the single one of the ones so, away. Yes, so, so, yeah. Sorry, seven, seven, seven. Okay, so you got a you got a seven for uh, you got seven for one of them. So do you want to do that a few more? Uh, we'll go yes. over to uh, we'll go yeah, over to yeah, James. Sure. We'll hear a little bit about James's character while you roll your other five. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do the same. So, James, tell us a little bit about... Uh, so, we've got an air traffic controller who yeah. maybe caused a plane crash. Um, who else do we have, James? Who, who, what are you thinking? Uh, well, I was thinking of more of a character who... Uh, they're a bit older, a mm -hmm. bit more sort of like grizzled, uh, wears an eye patch, and uh, his, his name is uh, Flake Pifkin. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's an ex-Marine, ex-Navy SEAL, ex-husband... <laughs> Ex, uh, ex alcoholic, and he became a, a sort of a, a sort of pilot. Um, but he's very much, he's not someone who stands for authority. Pretty quick, so yeah, he's kind of been kicked out of each branch of the military, and Amazing. somehow the the air force has sort of kept him on. But uh, he's he's clearly found himself very swiftly at Platt Air Force Base. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So he's like, what kind of what job do you see him having on the base? Um, I mean, again, like he wants to have like some really important job, but he's probably like you know, hammering out panels or something like that. Like really, really, uh, you know, something that he can properly complain about. So they've yeah. really like, yeah, they've really got him down onto kind of... Yeah, he'd be like, I'm I'm Flake Pifkin, you, know, you need to give me something good. And he'd be like, yeah, you're, you're cleaning the thing over there. <laughs> like, doing, come on. Yeah. Uh, Charge of maintenance. Yeah, like that. something like that, yeah. Excellent. Oh, that's good. Okay, that gives us something to work with. Uh, do you want to? Uh, do you want to go ahead and do some roll? Do some rolling for us. I should do um, some rolling. Amazing. Uh, Tell us your first score while you're, uh, and then we'll we'll go over to Jerry just so we get so, an idea of where it's going. Uh, yeah. So we got six scores, and how do we roll? Because this is a uh, D100 system, is it? Uh, yes, it is. It's D100 for your uh, main stats. So when we get on to the actual skills, all of your skills will be out of uh, out of 100. Uh, and to try and achieve anything in it, you roll. You want to be rolling under that score. Yeah. But one of the things we don't use D100 for is your main stats, uh, is your okay. actual abilities. So strength, 
Strength decks, strength con decks, intelligence, power, and charisma. For that, yeah. we're going to roll 4d6, get, discard the lowest scoring die, add up the other three, and that is your total. Um, Okie dokie. Right, I'm going to use my dice roller on my screen. Ooh. I know, I know, I know. I, they can I do let you down sometimes. But... Okay, that's pretty good. That is 14. A 14 is very good. So that's yeah. that's that's double what Ross got for his first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Good yeah thanks. So, so, nice. so Flake has Flake has effectively like graduated from all of the most difficult training programs <laughs> in the military, but yeah. has then and has then flaked out of the actual <laughs> job well, once it, he got it. It's it's more that he, as soon as he got there, he was just sort of like kicked off with authority, and it's just like, but you just you literally because he's capable. And yeah. he's like, he's quite strong, and he's quite like, you know, think Kurt Russell, uh, yeah. that kind of person. <laughs> you think? Uh, but only, only like, <laughs> only like, crap, Kurt Russell. If he just like, just, just wouldn't. As soon as he gets in there, be like, you're going to do that. It's like I'm not doing what you're telling me to. It's like you literally just, you crap literally Kurt just went through basic. I'm crap, Kurt Russell. Um, yeah, I'm so very excited. Kind of so crap, crap, Kurt Russell and Rick Moranis so far. Yeah. Are, <laughs> Or our heroes, amazing. There is... Roll some. So go ahead and roll some more stats uh, while we hear Jerry. Have you got some ideas for a? Uh, yes, character? I do. I do. Um, so my character's name is Pete Whiplash Yeager, and he was originally a captain in the Air Force. He's forty-seven, which means uh, by process of math, he was born in nineteen fifty-one, and he graduated top of his class in nineteen sixty-eight. And flew sorties in the. He's been involved in most military. I, I looked at a Wikipedia page of, of American Wikipedia conflicts, um, co American conflicts during the 20th century, and there was too many. So I just sort of <laughs> forgot to look at that anymore. Um, so yeah, he flew sorties in the Vietnam War. Um, the beginning of his career, dropped Agent Orange, and uh, he helped train Iraqi Air Force pilots during the Iran-Iraq War, which for some reason is a is a conflict I have interest in. I don't know why. And um, and then later on uh, during the the first Gulf War, he joined up with some of these pilots he had helped train years earlier, and they went on the hunt for Saddam Hussein's Babylonian gold. Um, don't know if that's a thing, but it is now. And then he was caught uh, during this operation, and because he knows so many U.S. secrets, instead of being uh, cashiered out of the military, he has been sent to um, Plat AFB. He's been married uh, three times. He has six kids. All estranged, the children's names are Bruce, Brad, Betty, Barbara, Boxy, and Blake. Uh, uh, he has lung cancer, uh, yet he still smokes because he doesn't give he doesn't give a damn. And uh, I'm thinking of him as, as kind of like a crap uh, Clint Eastwood, basically. Amazing. He his sunglasses off, just sort of an asshole, general asshole. Isn't that the plot of Three Kings? It yeah. is, it is, yes, a film I haven't seen. So, um, <laughs> it's a great movie. Oh, I like it. Okay, so he's going to be he's going to be quite senior, I guess, uh, just by virtue of his career. So, he it will make him one of the more senior people on the base. Mm. Which is great, to, which is very much fits to have somebody who doesn't, uh, who doesn't But fit. I think I think he's probably just driving uh driving utility trucks around like fuel trucks and yeah. stuff. But he's not allowed near an aircraft. He just has to drive these um those those stairs, those movable stairs. Yeah, <laughs> maybe if they have those on Air Force bases, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the little trucks that drive the uh, the things that are the most fun to steal in GTA games, yeah, like the, yeah. The, yeah. the special the stuff that tows the aircraft <laughs> around yeah. things. So he does kind of vehicle stuff. Oh, I like that. Okay, so I reckon probably Pete's probably a lieutenant. Given his experience, for yeah. maybe first first lieutenant, probably where he's ended up. Flake is probably a senior airman. Just sure. <laughs> probably shouldn't be with his career. No. But he's, uh, I think, just through uh, that seems since given that he only ever seems to go in at a certain level, he's probably senior airman. Ross, I reckon Norman is an airman first class. Uh, he's he's at the start. He sounds like he's at the start, uh, the start of his career. He's not quite basic. Airman basic is like the lowest. M and first class is like okay, you've you've got some responsibility. So I reckon that's kind of the chain of command of where it fits in it. Should we come back over and see some stats then, Ross? Have you got some? Uh, have you managed? Oh, have you got all of your things yeah. wrong? Oh god! Right. Okay. Um. So I've put my lowest scores are seven and seven. So I put strength as seven because he's not going to be very strong. Okay. 
and my charisma at seven, because he's not that charismatic. Then we go up to nine, and I'm going to put that in power, um, mm. because I can't think of any other one to put it on, really. My constitution, however, is 16, so that's good. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> and tough. my dexterity is 12, because he's quite wily and small, uh, yep. he's quite agile, and my... My intelligence is 17, so <laughs> he's pretty, pretty clever, even though he's, he's not genius. clever because, yeah, he's, he's very clumsy. Um, but yeah. he's secretly a genius. <laughs> yeah, I rolled 17 on one of them. I was like, jeez, never that That's wrong. a really good score. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that we do with these once we put them in. Once you've got those assigned, you, you'll see there's a box next to it that says times, times five. five. So for that, that is literally whatever that score is times five. Okie dokie. That allows you to then roll D100s and make yeah. sort of strength checks. So you can, that'll give you a score to try and roll for that. Uh, I assume also, these, all these character sheets will be available to yeah. our patrons, potentially. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think so we're going to make these available so you can, you can see these characters. <laughs> yeah, and how bad they are, yeah. There's also a box for what others notice. So for particular stats, so a, store, a score under 9 or a score over 12 are considered exceptional. They're sort of out of the ordinary for, for a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. to the point that you might notice something about the person because of that. So a, a, seven, a 7 in strength might be because of an injury that you've once had or it might be that people notice that you're that you don't like to work out or there's th- something like that might give you an idea of it or a high score um you know high score in intelligence might be you you play computer chess a lot or it, it's, it's yeah. a chance to add another little uh, a little thing about your character that people might pick up on so it's um, under nine and over over 12. twelve, they're the ones that you kind of you want to put something. In. It's not a mechanical thing to that, but that gives you an idea of of what uh, that gives people an idea of it. So there's stuff we can okay. bring up in the game. Let's go over to James. How you doing on your on those stats? <laughs> yeah, not bad. It was a okay. real it was a real range. Um, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I've gone for strength seventeen. Yeah. Pip's a monster. He's he's very strong. He's very strong, Snake. Uh, (laughs) Then the Constitution is my next biggest score. It's a fourteen, so he's he's hardy, he's strong. Yeah. Uh, Dexterity twelve, so he's quite dexterous. Um, Intelligence six. Uh, uh, Oh my god. He's really not very clever, um, which kind of makes sense. Like he's he powers through his training, and he's just sort of like not like dribbling idiot, but he's just not very like. Dude, what, what do you think before you said said that? Power? I can't remember what power was, so I put a 10 in it. Um, nice. Is that your sort of willpower sort of thing you said? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, there is another stat that is called willpower. But yeah, it is, it's, it's your ability to kind of keep cool and to, um, to stay focused on things. Cool, yes, yeah, so that's a 10. And then charisma of 7. Christmas seven. That seems to make sense. Yeah. So he's a giant of a man. He's, he's big crap, Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> so just this hulking guy driving around, like yeah, just, just doing it, maintenance around. I think he just moved with a mop, that sort of thing, you know, mopping about. Because you've, got, you've got to mop up planes. Yeah, you got to mop those planes. Yeah, you got to mop those planes. Um, <laughs> just dragging the planes <laughs> by yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he puts the planes where they're supposed to be. He just sort of drags them in there. Oh, excellent. Okay, so go ahead and uh, go ahead and put those in and work out your times five. Yeah, just times and in if the you mail. want to put some other other notices ones. Uh, Jerry, how are you doing? How is Pete doing? Uh, so true to form, I uh, have had some fairly bad rolls here. Oh um, no, Pete! So uh, strength nine. Uh, he's quite okay. old. He has cancer. So I thought, you know, yeah, he doesn't need to be sense. too strong. Uh, he has a constitution of um, 15, so I thought because he's an Air Force pilot, he's probably used to doing uh, high speeds, various yeah. various numbers of Mach, uh, which I assume means he would have high constitution, so that's what I did. Okay. And yeah. he has a dexterity of 10, again, yeah. because he's quite old. Intelligence 11, which is okay, yeah. middling. Power of 11, and charisma of 8. Charisma, right? Because he's an asshole. They're not very charismatic, are they? What no, was your no. 
What was your charisma, Ross? 17. 17. 17. Oh, no, sorry. 16. Uh, sorry, 16. 16. Okay. Good. So Good. He's we, have, the, we have got... We, Rick Moranis <laughs> is the face of this party. <laughs> oh, oh, Rick is oh, mad sorry, I'm sorry. No. Charisma is seven. Sorry, sorry. Seven. Oh, okay. no. Seven. Oh, God. God. Yeah, so we are, we are a charismatic bunch of people. <laughs> no <laughs> one likes these guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Christ. Okay, we can work out a few things from that. So this is, we'll do your next to your derived uh, attributes. These are things that we work out from what you've already rolled. So that's Don't your you hit points. you want to know what? The things that they notice about me. You know what I do, Ross? Tell me what, tell me what people, tell me what you notice about me. Uh, so for my strength, because it's seven, uh, he's got asthma. Okay. Uh, so he's always taken an inhaler, and he also never works out. You can see he's quite dwee, wee, yeah. weedy. Because he's got 16 constitution, uh, he always eats fruit and vitamins, so he's always <laughs> got to have his set fruit and vitamins. <laughs> they, so he's very healthy in terms of that. Like, uh, So that's why he's got a good constitution. <laughs> Dexterity, I don't really know. Like, He's 12, so you kind of... He doesn't just, need... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He just... Uh, in intelligence, he's got glasses. So, you know, it's oh, the 90s. Smart. So, you know, everyone, as soon as you've got glasses in the 90s, everyone thinks you're really intelligent. So, yeah, there Any, you go. Anyone with glasses is smart. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Does, it, does anyone else have some more distinguishing features that they, they want to point out about their characters at this point? Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking massive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's that massive, but he's like ripped kind of thing you know yeah but yeah with the charisma of seven then uh flake is always kind of frowning and he looks sort of you think it was like oh it's because he's he's thinking intense thoughts but as you know he's got intelligence of six so he's probably not like picturing the sliders on this and someone's just slid up the size thing to maximum and then <laughs> yeah. gone over to the eyebrows and just yeah. slid them down into a little frown yeah it's just that mm, yeah grumpy man grumpy, oh grumpy man. gosh so the um what others notice it's above what score or below which score? So um, under nine is exceptionally low and over 12 is exceptionally high. So they're the kind of ones that uh, that might, you might want to think of a reason why people notice it. You've rolled sort of fairly consistently, haven't you, Jerry? Like they're all kind of... Yeah. Well, I've said strength. Mm. He has a, a pallor, uh, almost a death's head, which is very <laughs> obvious. He's very pale. Excellent. And for his constitution... His teeth are always braced and visible. So oh. he's, he's, he's continually looking like he's braced for an impact <laughs> at all times, even when he sleeps. And, uh, and his charisma, he doesn't make eye contact to the extent where he doesn't even turn his head to look at you. Um, <laughs> he just always looks directly ahead, no matter who he's talking to. What an asshole. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Let's do some derived stats. These are your hit points, your willpower points, your sanity points, and your breaking point. These are things that we uh, that we get the numbers for from everything else. So your hit points are what you would imagine they are. Tracks your physical health. When your hit points reach two, you are unconscious. When your hit points reach zero, you are dead. There's no recovery checks or anything in this. And, uh, and a lot of weapons, like we say, if you get shot, you may well be a goner. Depends where it hits you. Your willpower points represent literally your willpower, your willingness to carry on, your willingness to keep on in the face of adversity. Once they come down to zero, then you basically fall unconscious. You are just unable to do anything. You're just a wreck. Willpower points can be restored through rest. Um, hit points can be restored through medical help. And in some cases, rest, depending on the ser severity of the injury. Your sanity points represent your grip on reality, your ability to cope with the kind of stresses that you're going to be exposed to in the course of your, uh, your time with Delta Green. Whether that be violence, whether that be feeling helpless, whether that just be exposure to the unnatural, discovering the truth about the world that is enough to drive a normal person insane. When your sanity points reach zero, uh, you effectively become an NPC. Your character has completely lost touch with reality and they are unable to function. They are gone beyond any kind of um, recovery. You also have a breaking point. Your breaking point is a lower number. Every time you go through your breaking point, your character suffers a mental break. So there'll be an immediate reaction 
in the moment, which will affect how they are at that point, but it will also have long-term trauma to your character. Um, and this can happen multiple times. Every time you go through your breaking point, you suffer the effects of it, you reset to a, norm, a new breaking point, and then you start counting down to that again. And uh, gradually your characters suffer more and more. So let's work out some fun things. Your hit points. Your hit points is your con plus your strength divided by two and rounded up. Just because we're not playing Pathfinder doesn't mean I'm not going to make you do some math. What do we got, Ross? Con okay. plus strength, 23. And then it's, what did you say, sorry? Divide it by two. Divide by two, 11.5. So round up to 12. 12 hit points. Okay. Great. Is that good or shit? Um, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, let's see what. Let's see how it compares to the rest of the team. Um, James, what has Piff got? Okay, it's 16. 16, mm, okay. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> we got a. I got fucking constitution of sixteen. Bro. I know, Tough but I've got guy. A strength of seventeen. Well, that's true. Yeah, and he's already got a high, and you've got no strength really. <laughs> How about old senior M and Jaeger? Also twelve. Also twelve. Okay, mm. those aren't too bad. Okay, let's do your willpower points. Uh, your willpower points is your mental fortitude. So when you try and suppress symptoms of insanity or when you become exhausted, if you try and uh, resist interrogation, things like that, that's the sort of thing you'd use that for. It's very easy. Your willpower points is exactly equal to your power. <laughs> Some mixed reactions. Okay. <laughs> I kind of feel that power is going to be very important. Yeah, I recall yours being quite low, James. Huh? I recall <laughs> yours being quite low. It's 10. Yeah, so... Okay. I mean, mine's nine, so don't mine's worry. Mine's 11. I mean, yeah. Kind of. Oh, we're all just yeah. we're a very sort of like uh, balanced party. <laughs> yeah. I like that it's kind of the same as in, in D20 games. It's always the stat that's like, like wisdom is the same stat in those games. You're like, oh, is this really? Di I don't know. I'll just put this number in it. Uh, whatever. I'm sure it won't come up. And then you have to make will saves on it and, and it, can, it can come back to get you. Let's do your sanity points, shall we? Your sanity points represent your mental health, how much exposure to the unnatural you can endure before you go completely insane. So your maximum sanity points, and at the moment your current sanity points, equals your power times five. Fucking power again. It's power again. And let's do the breaking point as well before we do our totals. Your breaking point is your total sanity, your maximum sanity minus your power. 36. 44. So with a sanity of 50, it means that every time you encounter the unnatural, or every time you encounter something strange, uh, you have to roll sanity. That is a 50-50 shot of passing that roll. Right. <laughs> not. Good. Splendid. Excellent. And once you hit your breaking point, something really bad happens. Okay, that's your basic. That gives you an idea of who those characters are. Now let's give them their statistics. Let's give them some jobs. Have you had a thought about kind of what you want to put in as a career? I know most of you, because we're on an Air Force base, pilot is always an option. But there might be some if you're sort of engineers or there is a special operator might be something that's worth looking at for you, James, mm -hmm. given his background in special forces. That will tell you what your starting stats are. So it tells you what scores to put into your skills. So your skills are what you roll whenever you try to achieve something. If you want to shoot a gun, you roll firearms. You want to look something up in some county records, you roll bureaucracy. When you're rolling, you're rolling a D100 and you're trying to roll under that number. So the higher the number is, the better, the bigger the goal is that you're shooting for uh, in that case. But also... A higher number makes it so sometimes you don't have to roll. If you've got a high number in something, you may not have to roll. You only ever have to roll if there are severe consequences for failing. If it's significantly difficult, so if the, if the difficulty is probably a bit higher than your skill level, you might have to roll for that. Um, or if you're under stress. So like combat is always under stress. If someone's shooting a gun at you and you're shooting back at them, you're always going to be rolling that, even if you've got like an 80 in firearms. But it might be that you've got like a, a 60 in law and you want to look up some fairly simple facts of law. You don't have to roll on that. You're not going to suddenly forget some important cases you can just say i've got a 60 in it and it's like that's fine okay you find those things you look it up it might take you time but it won't fail at that completely so have we got any ideas of what we want to go for in terms of a career i think i'm gonna go for pilot but i'm gonna mm -hmm. steer it towards obviously the whole flight navigating site vibe so yep. 
I'll take some bits and pieces and move them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've start. So you just put it into the right hand box. Do you tick it as well if it's the uh, skill? No, the tick box is for when you make a check. Every time you fail a check during a game, you put a tick next to it. Uh, and then at the end of the session, you increase that score by a little bit. So every every episode, you'll get a little bit better at the things that you failed at as you okay. learn mm -hmm. those sort of things. Okie dokie. So you're thinking pilot, but you're going to move a few skills around to kind of make it a bit more navigate -y. That makes sense. When it says pilot, choose one. What does mm -hmm. that mean? What are you a pilot of? Because remember, you could be a pilot of a ship. You could be a pilot of a helicopter. You could be a pilot of a fighter jet. You could be a pilot of a a oh, okay. bomber, a cargo plane. Yeah. What fighter are you specialised in? I guess fighter jets. Do they need air traffic? Like fight? Oh yeah, yeah, fighter, yeah. Just do, do yeah. fighter jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they do. do. But do you have fighter jets in um, Microsoft Flight Simulator 1998? <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> uh, oh yes, for the, those that don't know, did I say at the beginning? I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, if it was off yeah, there he or plays. Not. He is an avid, <laughs> avid Microsoft Flight Simulator 98 player. He's done over a hundred hours in that game, even though it's only just come out this year as well. So he is every waking moment off. But like when he's uh, not in the flight navigation tower, he is playing that. So that's kind of like where he gets his pilot stuff from as well. Uh, so let's go for a Boeing 737. <laughs> he's uh, a commercial. He was a commercial <laughs> yeah. pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, I like that. That's good. So he's a he's he flies air so you could put like airliners he flies passenger okay. he's he's flown passenger planes that's kind of his speciality and I love that he got that through flight simulator <laughs> not through yeah. his actual air force training <laughs> yeah yeah of course that's tremendous okay so go ahead and put those skills in what about the other two of you have you got an idea of well I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a pilot of Excellent. fighters um, fighter pilot nice so just copying over the uh, the percentages to the yep. skill tree. With pilot, there's some at the bottom where you choose two, two options two. from foreign language. Uh, you can choose to pilot something else. You can have heavy weapons or you can have a military science. So that gives you uh, a bit of an idea. And James, yeah, what are you thinking? I, I think special operators probably sort of echo on. Although it makes them, it, it's almost too good, but I know it's not. It's, it doesn't work that way because I've played... Uh, systems like this before and it's amazing how you can have high percentage and still just totally tank the roles so yeah uh yeah okay so he's like a he's a proper military vet so he's got a lot of these options once you put all your skills in you have eight bonuses that you can put wherever you like so you pick eight skills and add 20 percent to each one and you can stack these 20s the only rule is that no skill can be higher than 60. anyone taking anything uh, anything interesting from those well, I guess, I mean, I'm going to, because of the Babylonian gold incident, I'm going to put 20% into archaeology. Nice. I guess. Makes yeah. sense from his background. For the listeners, I'm going to start telling you about bonds, because that's what we will do next. Your bonds are human beings. They are your human contacts within the world. They are the people that you rely on. They're the most important people in the world to you, and they're the people that will help you ultimately to keep a grip on what is real, to keep pulling you back when the uh, the nightmare that you're facing starts trying to drag you down. So we're going to we're going to think of some people that are close to you. The number of bonds you have depends on the career that you have chosen. As pilots, I can tell you that uh, the Airman Airman Tully and uh, Lieutenant Jaeger they are going to have uh, they're going to have three bonds because you've got a bit more time as a pilot you've got a bit of time to maintain things whereas uh, senior airman Flake Flake Pifkin is only going to have two bonds because he's dedicated so much of his career to repeatedly reinventing himself as a badass oh yeah I don't need friends let's have a look at some of those bonds so now you've got your stats in what I want you to do is I want you to think about your bonds they will be a person they might be one of your kids they might be an ex-wife who you're still in touch with they might be like my drinking buddy that I went on a mission with and we talk about. They might be like the guys I stole the gold from, uh, the guys that I was involved in the gold heist with and we still, we still keep in touch. They are the people that you would go to when you need to kind of 
just restore things. How they work mechanically is they give you a chance to have little scenes where you can restore sanity by spending time with them, uh, but they also protect you from sanity loss. Whenever you fail a sanity roll and you, and you would lose sanity, you have the option to deflect that loss onto your bond. So you can spend some willpower points and as a result, what you do is rather than losing sanity, you lower your score with your bond. And it represents you basically deflecting the anger that you are deflecting the, the stress of this onto another person. And what will happen then is that later on in the game, at some point, we'll play out a little scene that explains how your relationship with your ex-wife suffered from the fact that you spent, you know, you were going to lose, you were going to use three sanity points, you deflect it onto your bond, you lose three points from your uh, your relationship with your ex-wife. Okay, we're going to play a little scene that, that plays out what happened there that strained that relationship more because of how stressed you were from work. So they can okay. protect you, but they're going to suffer. Your starting score for your bonds is, I think it's your charisma score. So none of you are going to have oh, a very wow. good starting <laughs> score. No. Nope. So, anyone got any ideas of some bonds? Can I have a bond with my desktop computer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a bond! You're gonna have a bond with flight Microsoft Flight Simulator with your computer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Game. And wouldn't it be? Uh, so you it go be Clippy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like your sanctuary. Um, yeah. Gosh, it's not really a person, but I. I think we can make that work. <laughs> uh, and then my second one would be with Chuck Yeager because I love listening to all of his stories about like what he's done, and I look up to him like that. Okay, is that so you're using each other as a bond? Yeah, wow. you can. Yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah, I mean you don't have to. And then also my wife as well. And you got a wife. You have a wife. Okay. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Janine. Yeah, Janine, Janine Tully. Well, and she, put, she puts up with all of this Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, but she's not happy. She's not happy in there. Like she's she's been forced to this base after like me me being moved over there. She's not happy. She drinks a lot. She chats to the other women, the wives on the on the base, and she's well, what, what Janine would base. No, <laughs> Janine won't be on base. Uh, like I don't um, think they love. No, I. I is she I is she actually it. real? Yeah, no, she's real. I pretended that she was my sister to get her on what? the base. No, no, no. Like as a lie no, to get no. her on the base, dude, I was like, dude, oh, she's I, my. I don't think you know much, but like sisters and family aren't allowed on bases <laughs> either. Yeah, it's military no, but... personnel. Like <laughs> pretending your wife is your sister is not going to get her onto the base. Like what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> okay, is, so is she literally? Is she just made of like oil drums? She and no, she has to put on a, a mustache, and <laughs> she is my. She's my. Uh, uh, she has to pretend that she's my friend. Okay, your friend. how about this? Your <laughs> no, friend. Again, again you're not gonna, you're not gonna a non-military person. Yeah, not going to be allowed onto the, onto the base. Well, she, he's got a moustache. So. <laughs> well, it's all right with how me. About, how about Jean lives in Marion, lives in the town 30 kilometers yeah, away. And she comes onto the base. Like She's part of the delivery crew that brings supplies to the base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she wears a fake moustache. <laughs> to be part of that group. pretend she's my sister <laughs> pretend she you built you've built this web of lies uh, unnecessary lies over the last few years that you now have to maintain <laughs> yeah because you thought that it wouldn't be fine to marry the delivery person yeah amazing you've got a wife how about the rest of you, you got some uh you got some bonds you want to share with us yeah yeah okay so my first wife um, your second I, I, wife and your third. No, well, I, <laughs> only my first wife, not my second. <laughs> my, we divorced in 1986. Let's say, um, is this does does um does the history of this reality have to be exactly the same as our own, or can we have different people? Um, it depends how much like it depends how much you're planning on changing. <laughs> can my here? wife be the president of the of the United States? What? No, <laughs> no. Your wife cannot have been the president. Your okay. wife can have okay. worked at the White House. Your okay. wife can have she been can a be senior. This, my wife is the Secretary of Defense of the <laughs> okay. United States. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Her name is Nancy Albright. <laughs> Nancy Albright, Secretary <laughs> Albright. Yeah. Um. She's she's my wife, who I call up on the phone, and. Uh, yeah, she's one of the. She's the only one I talk to, of my three wives. 
and not she's all the... quite. Let's say Nancy, uh, Nancy Buchanan. There we are, Nancy <laughs> Buchanan. My first wife is one of my bonds, and my Excellent. second bond is with. Um, can I have a dog? You can absolutely have a dog. Yes. Okay, I have a dog. Um, his name is uh, Leper. Leper uh, the dog. Leper, <laughs> Leper the dog. Uh, he's a he's a he's a um a three legged uh, golden retriever who lives with me on site, and that's my second bond. Leper. Excellent. <laughs> you have a dog. You have your ex-wife, who is the Secretary of Defense. He's fourteen. For my the... dog is fourteen. <laughs> oh my god, um, that's so and old. He's got three legs, <laughs> and uh, he's a golden retriever. And uh, my last bond would be with um. Yeah, I don't want it to be with. With Norman. <laughs> I, I hate Norman. Um, my third bond is with um, the Buddha. Can I be a Buddhist? I yes, mean, I know Buddhists don't, don't <laughs> worship a Buddha. That's not how it works. But yeah. I don't think that um, Norman understands Buddhism. No, so uh, and, and he thinks it's like a monotheistic religion. <laughs> and he thinks that he has to worship the Buddha. So I think he has, in his, in his room with his dog, Leper, yeah. There's also a, a fat Buddha, one of those ones, Amazing. Which, he, which he talks to, and that's his other bond. Is that's with, his other bond with his, with his uh, statue bond. of a Buddha. <laughs> so, <laughs> some other bonds so far are a statue of a Buddha, a dog, a computer, one of the rest of the team, and the secretary, the secretary of defense. Yeah, and <laughs> and one of your wives who cross dresses in order to deliver food to the. <laughs> 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 oh my god oh dear what about oh what about piff what is uh what's going on in piff's life well uh he has got an old oh, old comrade uh called flappy gimbal his name was flappy and he went through all of basic training with with flake uh every single one of them then crashed out so he's pretty much the only friend he had um, but through a, a bizarre set of circumstances, just always I was in uh, basic training with him, and he's probably because it's '98. I think can he can he just talk to like his dead mum, but like a picture. So he has a he has a relationship with he has a bond with the memory of his. Well, mother. kind of like like when he t- he sort of like sits there and he like talks to his beer like I've got this for you, ma, and oh, you know he's sort of that okay. that kind of person sort of like sits there when he's. When he's down or when he's he needs a bit of a boost he goes and like you know sits and talks to his mum but she's dead okay we can work with that it's unorthodox but i think we can work with it <laughs> i mean i don't know how i don't know how your bond with that yeah. how they're going to get more upset and angry i mean like you know yeah how is your relationship with your deceased parent going to break down are you going to start blaming them for well, things i or? mean maybe because they're not there for them you know for things go bad and eventually you know Discard the memory of his mum. If we play those scenes out, they're going to have to be like the form of monologues <laughs> of just <laughs> Piff so slowly descending into the darkness. I mean, if it, if it makes it more interesting, yeah, because I'd quite like you to play his mum anyway. Uh, <laughs> so you're going to hear her voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a full on, like, you know, in the film, he'd just be like, oh, I'm not sure what to do. And then she's there being like, oh, you just got to believe in yourself. I believe in his son. I'd be like, yeah, no, man, no, no, no. So like that. And as it deteriorates, she's going to be like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you were always oh, never liked you. God damn I think it, it should be the truth for a leper and a Buddha as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah leper's yeah. going to be difficult. Isn't it? <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Okay, so we've got, we've got the memory of your mother and uh, your former flight buddy, yeah, and- who you still... Still in and, touch and with. don't worry, I have barely a bond with either of them. Yeah. <laughs> <My friends. laughs> not good friends with not, any of these people. No, score a seven. I can't believe Jerry's not that much friends with his dog. No, <laughs> <laughs> Even the dog doesn't like you that much. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right then. So these are our characters. This is kind of everything we need to start these characters to give them uh, to give them a little start in play Air Force Base. So do you want to do a little extra scene to just get us into this? Do you want to start? Do you want to meet these characters in the game? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. So we're going to open up with a long shot looking down on just the rolling empty fields of Nebraska, the heartland of America. Is it the heartland of America? I can't remember. I'm not sure what the heartland of America is. But it's right in the heart of America. And uh, 
we're looking down on a remote Air Force base. It is miles from anywhere. Uh, it's a long, long way away from it. Uh, and as we zoom in, we see the date, 22nd of August, 1998. I don't want to freak you out, but the date for the adventure we are playing uh, that it starts is the 22nd of August, which is the day we are recording this. <laughs> so, this is exactly uh, back on time. Let's start off in the mess. It's uh, it's around lunchtime. But, well, it's, it's the afternoon, so it's maybe three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. Life on Platt Air Force Base is pretty slow. Not much happens here. The people who've been sent here have been sent here because they want to be forgotten or because the Air Force is trying to somehow come up with a reason not to just fire them. So they pretty much just while away the days until uh, a plane maybe comes in that they can strip out um, and then they're back to sitting around. They're on a lot of duties other than maintenance and repairs, keeping an eye on the fuel, checking for fire prevention measures, things like that, manning the control tower. Uh, but at the moment, the three of you are not on duty. And you're looking forward to it because tonight is poker night. Tonight is Saturday night. Saturday night is poker night and it's the best night because it's the one chance you get to really take money from your superior officers. It's a chance you get to actually uh, uh, make out with some good money. And it's the one thing that relieves the boredom. The worst thing that can happen is that you get a duff assignment on a Saturday night and you get sent out and you end up having to miss out on the poker game, which... Uh, Major Jones has been known to do from time to time if people really rile him the wrong way. Major Jones is a, he's a strict disciplinarian. He runs, the belt, he runs a tight base if he can keep his own drinking in order. We're going to start in the mess because we're going to be in a mess fairly soon. So why not start in one? Uh, the mess is a very simple say mess. It's a, that is a very lofty way of describing it. It's a small kitchen with kind of the, uh, just the abilities for people to make their own food. Everyone kind of makes their own meals here. There are kitchen cupboards with some pots and pans and dishes. There's a couple of tables. The three of you are sitting around having, uh, having a late lunch, uh, along with a couple of members of staff from the base. There is uh, Airman, Airman Sieber, Airman Brian Sieber, who is a, a young man of 19. He's got sandy colored hair. He's very earnest. He loves being in the Air Force. Doesn't quite get why he's been sent there. And uh, senior airman Theodore LaCroix. LaCroix is uh, in charge of aircraft maintenance. He's the one who's in charge of keeping an eye on the boneyard and making sure that nothing is degrading to a, any, uh, to a terrible extent. He's a little older. He's 21. He likes the ladies. Um, I say a little older. Compared to you guys, these are children. <laughs> <laughs> like they literally probably are young, young enough to be two of your kids. LaCroix turns to Seba across the table and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Seba. You're, uh, all, all of these things, people talk about the strange things that happen out here and uh, I'll be honest, I've never seen it. Seba is like, it's true. I, I saw, I saw it. I read it, I read it in a local paper the other day. They found another one. Hey, you guys, you heard about the, uh, I don't know why he's, um, he's in It's a Wonderful Life. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's not the bank's money. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a million dollars. <laughs> what an interesting situation. Who's those battles? Oh, I, I was reading in the local paper. It's, it's in now. I was reading in the local paper. They've, they found a they found a cow they found a cow mutilated in one of the in one of the farmer's fields, not not thirty miles from here. And I I've been keeping a track on them. That's the that's gotta be the that's gotta be like the the hundredth one in the last last ten years. I'm telling you, there's something. You put that together with the lights, you, the lights that people see in the sky. I think there's something out here. Uh, what do you like? What do you guys <laughs> think? You I'm so, I'm so uh, engrossed in, uh, in this. Oh, uh, you talking to us? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this fucking yeah. Kid. I think uh, yeah. So the three of you are sat around the table with these two. What do you guys eat for your lunches? Like, bear in mind, you can only get basic stuff from the oh, um, from the he, shop. Probably it's like corned beef and <laughs> like just, just yeah, just like what are grits? Uh, Norman sitting there, he's. Uh, 
as I say, he's wearing like a white shirt. He's got his trousers, but they're a little bit pulled up a little bit too far. So uh, he's got quite high trousers. He's got like a little chest pocket, um, but he's got pens in his chest pocket. But he's got that little like the thing that you can put in the chest pocket to not get all ink in your chest pocket. Uh, oh, he's got ooh. black rim, thick glasses, but make his eyes look really big. And he's got like side parting black uh, hair. Um, he's sucking on a carton of orange juice, uh, <laughs> a little like little small one, and he's got like. <laughs> He's got sandwiches, but they're cut into, like, fingers. (laughs) (laughs) A cheese sandwich. He looks up at the guy and goes, Um, uh, what did you say? The lights? People in the town say that they see lights sometimes uh, flying above. At night, you see just these strange lights flying in the sky. Hey, 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 Chuck. Did you you hear that, Chuck? I heard heard him, yeah, I heard him. I heard him, (laughs) Tony. Chuck, what do you, you think, think I Chuck? should have a fucking opinion? What? Do you think I should have a fucking opinion, Tully? Well, I just, you know, you're one of the best pilots around here. I just thought, you know, you... you just could... because this boy heard about lights in the sky and a hundred cows going missing doesn't mean I should give a fuck. I, I like the way as well that uh, Tully's turning more and more into Rick. Uh, into Morty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, starting, I'm feeling oh, me, I'm feeling out. Uh, I tell you what, yeah. it seems to me that uh, people around here like their beef rare. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. What the fuck are you talking the about? The mutilated calves, Chuck. The mutilated calves. So you think they're after beef? What? You think these aliens are coming here for raw beef? No, I think they don't believe in aliens. You think they don't got cars and space? No, there's no such thing as aliens. It's people. There's some sicko out there mincing up the beef. I've seen things on the internet, it says. What? What's Let, the internet? Uh, the internet, it's, it's definitely around now. I, I know, but, like, I, but I, I'm not some fucking geek. I mean, I don't, I don't look at the internet. What are you talking about, I mean, Tully? If you're talking about that thing that takes like half an hour to load each page with like the boxes with the wireframe and it goes from the top and it makes All it... You know, none of us can use our phones when you're on the internet, yeah, Tully. What, uh, All you need to do is just connect a modem and then you... Shut up, just, Tully. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> um... You know, you got to ask permission. It's the whole basis phone system gone down every time you're looking up your internets. Well, it's the only way I can chat to other people in our uh, in our flight simulator club that we have. Um, the fuck is he talking about? Tully, give me your lunch money. Okay. Uh, I don't really have... Isn't it free? Isn't it Shut free? Shut up. Give me money. Uh, can't take Shut up. <laughs> it's too terrible. It is free, Tully. It is free. He's just fucking with you. Um... I did. I've seen lights when I go outside, and I yeah, see the in sun, the night. Tully, it's the sun. <laughs> oh, is you it? You should go outside more often. I should really. He plays with his. I glasses. mean, it could be aircraft. We're on an aircraft base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not allowed to go in the. I only see when I'm in the uh, tower at night, because uh, I don't. I don't really get to do anything in the day. Because they always okay. tell me. Okay. Okay. Still talking. <laughs> they always tell me. Uh, still talking. Hey, t- <laughs> Hey Norman, you need to your shift's ended now. Uh, it seems to be every time that there's a, a plane coming into the tower, that they tell me that you can go home now. Anyway, Chuck, I really like you. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> you are interrupted at that point by the sound of the sound of a vehicle outside, which is an unusual thing. You don't get a lot of. You certainly don't get visitors. If one of you stands up, LaCroix stands and goes and looks out the window. Um, if any of you join in, kind of strokes his moustache. He's like, what have we got here? And you see a uh, you see a black van driving down the main road from the main entrance. A couple of guards, a thing just closing the gate behind it. It drives all the way. It's a long old drive. You sort of watch it come from this and drive up past the mess hall and drives up to the administration office where as you watch, you see Major Jones step out in his uniform, rubbing his eyes a little at the sun. A man in a nondescript looking suit gets out of the van, goes and talks to the Major for a little while, shows him some papers. The Major looks at them, hands them back to him, and then goes back into his office. The man gets back into the van, the engine starts up again, and it drives past the mess 
and off north into the base towards the boneyard, further into the base. LaCroix turns around and goes, Little unusual, don't you think? Think we're through a supply drop today? What time of day is it? So it's three in the afternoon. Okay. Three, 3 p.m. Oh, 15... No, not oh. No, 1,500 <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 1,500. <laughs> oh, 1,500. Oh, 1,500 hey, hours. Did, anybody, did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Pretty weird. Pretty strange, all right, but, uh... So what? I feel like it's somebody telling us that we have to follow him into the boneyard. Well, but it's... I'm not well, sure. I'm silly to my grits. I mean, <laughs> get grits on the go. You know, go. they do... They do much better things than grits. I know, I like my grits. <laughs> Did you know Nebraska is the state capital of grits? <laughs> no. I know they do corn. lots of corn. Corn grits. It's made of corn, Norman. Oh. Good old-fashioned corn grits. Can I try some? There's some in that basin over there. He walks the over to the base. metric ton of gr- grits. <laughs> <laughs> what, you've just been eating eating your lunch out the ba- uh, out the wash basin? <laughs> the wash basin is just full of, full of grits. <laughs> Mmm. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, taste. Maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should follow that thing into the boneyard. Why not? <sighs> maybe we should. I don't think we should do anything without checking with the commander. You always got to uh, check with the like... commander. That's your problem. Should be more like me. Uh, I never check that... with the commander. Well, that's that's the whole point of the military. <laughs> you got to check with the commander from things. Well, we're, we're allowed to, do... to go places and do things and walk we're on around. We're break. We can do what we like. Yeah. Seba. It's not a dictatorship. Oh. Oh, I've got a bad feeling about this. Trust me, I've been in the <laughs> Army, the Navy, and the Air Force. And I never followed orders in any of them. That's because you were kicked out of every single one. I wasn't kicked out. I walked out after they asked me to leave. <laughs> why, did you, why did you do them all? Fuck off. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> you... Uh, you shovel a handful of grits out of the basin. <laughs> oh, God. Into your bowl. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to look up grits. Mm, basin grits. Mmm, delicious. Seabro accepts a handful of grits as well and sort of puts them on and wipes his head. Oh, I wish we bought some towels. Well, I got grits on my hand now. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I can't wait for poker night tonight. Yeah, we better get back in touch yeah. with poker. As long as nothing goes wrong, I think I'm going to take you chumps for all you've got. Hey? And he does like a little playful, little punchy-punchy. Does anyone know why he's doing this? <laughs> I'm not sure. All right, Seba, we understand. Now, fuck off. Seba, <laughs> <laughs> like, stops from it and then like, sadly bows his head and just walks out of the, uh, <laughs> walks out of the door and kind of stands there for a bit and then comes, pokes his head back in and goes... Well, it looks like there's some fellas come out of that van. Oh, wonder what they're up to, but, uh... And he kind of looks at me and he's like, Sorry, I'll keep fucking off. I apologize. Yeah, keep fucking off. All right. Keep he just fucking keeps... off, Seba. <laughs> yeah, keep <laughs> fucking off. You see him through the window just backing away from the mess hall. You can't get... get my grits? You got him, Chuck. Well done. <laughs> I mean... Anyway, well, I suppose we better go look at this van. It's not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. May as well have a look. I get up and go to the door. You get up and you head to the door. Wheezing. <laughs> Wheezing <laughs> from the effort of all the grits. <laughs> and that is where we will leave it for this week. Hey! Welcome to Plat AFB. We will find out what is going on with the mysterious van and what is going on on the base. You can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Danger Club podcast if you want to hear the other episodes of this series and hear how it all goes down with us. Just a group of terrible people. I can't wait to see how it happens. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 I'll every two weeks. Damn it, Tully, you're right. See you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>